Welcome to our series of podcasts focusing on international employment law. I'm Aileen Murray, Senior Counsel in the Employment Team at Travis Smith, and I'm joined by Alex Fisher, a partner in the team. As you may know, in these podcasts, we've been speaking to friends from law firms in a variety of jurisdictions and asking them about the key employment law issues and the things to think about when employing staff in their country. For each jurisdiction, we'll be doing three short podcasts, one covering the start of employment, the second covering the end of employment, and the final one covering other key aspects of employment law in their jurisdiction. And today we're joined, we'd like to be joined by Orsa Goddardson from Vinger in Sweden. Vinger is a leading full service Nord Nordic law firm with a first class employment team. So welcome Orsa. Thank you. And so in the first podcast, we're looking at the start of employment and I'm gonna hand over to Alex to kick things off. Thanks Ailey. Um, so our first question for you Orsa is, what are the key things to think about from an employment law perspective when advertising vacancies in Sweden? Yes. Um, so to start with, perhaps before you would advertise a vacancy is to consider whether anyone in the organization is entitled to priority to re-employment. And that means that it, there might be individuals that has been employed before and been uh, given notice of termination due to redundancy. And those employees, uh, if they are qualified, uh, given that they have worked for 12 months or more um, uh, before their redundancy, they have a priority to be re-employed during the notice period and for nine months thereafter. And if that's the case and the individual has qualifications for, for the position that is uh, being advertised or the open vacancy, uh, the individual should be, uh, in fact, uh, offered the role rather than it being advertised. And uh, secondly, uh, so when you do uh, make an advertising of a vacancy, you should make sure that the advertiser in itself isn't discriminating so that you're not saying that we prefer females or uh, dis disabled employees do not bother. I mean, no one write this of course but to give you very clear examples but uh, that is also um, important otherwise I would say that we don't have uh, very much of uh, applicable legislation for the advertisement itself um, another thing that is important to note when in a company with a collective bargaining agreement is that uh, hiring a manager is a question that should be consulted before sort of the profile and the individual is chosen. Okay, brilliant, thank you. Um, is there anything that employers should avoid asking candidates in Sweden? So people that are applying for the roles, is there anything that should be avoided? I mean, there is no prohibited questions, really. However, we, I guess, as many other countries would say that uh, questions that risk being seen or, or perceived as, as discriminating should be avoided. Uh, so asking a, a, a candidate whether she is pregnant uh, is essentially fine, but the risk is that the, the candidate feels like feels that uh, the decision then to not go forward with that individual was based on the answer to that question, of course, if, if the answer was yes. So 
we would we would uh, instruct um, employers to avoid any such questions. Yeah, and that's that's very similar to to here. That's you know exactly. Yeah. You just you just avoid those things. Um, mm. And we we often see employers want to carry out kind of background checks and employee screening. Um, is that is that something that's usual practice or permitted in Sweden? Yeah, so it is permitted. Um, I wouldn't say it is usual practice, um, expect, except for managers. So, so sort of management team, or perhaps only the CEO, uh, uh, and and also depending on if it's a if it's a listed company, perhaps also uh, sort of selecting people to the board could be subject to a background check, but. Uh, it will become more usual. We're noticing that sort of day by day or week by week, actually. Uh, so more background screening uh, and background checks will be carried out, definitely, and they are permitted. Okay, great. Perhaps one, sorry, so perhaps one addition there, because when we review um, employment contracts drafts from the UK, uh, we often see that the contract is, or or an offer letter for that for that sake, uh, is 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 intended to be signed, and the background screening is then happening afterwards. So our recommendation would definitely be to have the background screening made before uh, offering the actual agreement, because uh, if the employment agreement is sort of sent to the employee and it's possible for the employee or for the candidate to sign, that could be a binding agreement where, and if there's no probationary period the outcome of the background screening is not necessarily a ground for termination. So, so that is, uh, of course, a, an important uh, difference. Would, would that be the case even if you, you set the contract up to say that employment will start on a certain day subject to uh, appropriate background screening or references? Exactly, yeah. So th there is a risk that that would that the employer can back out of such agreement if it's signed um, uh, due to the outcome. So, so if someone said that I have a driver's license and, and that individual is supposed to be driving at duty, of course, that knowing then that the employee doesn't have a driver's license would probably be cause for termination of the agreement. But typically there's and other things perhaps more more from a soft perspective or even criminal records that is uh not necessarily a, a legal ground to to sort of back away from from a signed agreement okay that's interesting thank you um what about if you're recruiting an employee from a competitor does that give rise to any particular issues I mean, I, I think that was an interesting question, which I'm not sure that that uh, employers in Sweden are uh, really uh, taking too much consideration into. But but I think a question is interesting, and I would definitely say that if if I were to if I was to to employ someone from a competitor, I would make sure that that employee knows about the Trade Secrets Act and the fact that. The, the new employer uh, would be um, would be sort of uh, liable for a breach of the act if if the company would or if the trade secrets would be used in the new business. So it's not only the the employee that risks being in in breach of the act, but also the new employer. 
So having a discussion regarding that, depending on the position perhaps uh, of, of the employee. And also, of course, if there are restrictive covenants. Um, contrary to, to other countries or some other countries, there's no sort of hiring someone with a restrictive covenant is not a breach of, the, of any legislation. But um, so it's possible to sign an employment agreement and it is basically up to the employee to, to make sure that the employee doesn't say he or she can start before the end of, of their restrictive covenants, at the end of the restrictive covenant. Um, so the employer really doesn't really sort of make any breach. However, what could be a potential liability is if the new employer says that don't mind the restrictive covenants, we will pay any damages or we will pay any liquidated damages. So, so you, don't, you will not be, um, be in, in, in sort of a financial uh, situation if, if we were to employ you. So, so come over, start working. That could be sort of a, uh, it, it's not a natural cause by the legislation, but it, it is sort of, there are uh, case law from uh, the highest court in Sweden saying that, saying sort of stating, making statements that um, has made us draw the conclusion that, that, that a potential liability could be there. That, that makes sense. And that's kind of, we have the concept of inducing breach of contract. So if the employer... Mm. If an employer um, encourages an employee to break their their existing um, restrictive covenants, then then the the new employer can be kind of um, in some hot water in those circumstances. That sounds potentially similar to that. So that's actually legislated in 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 the UK. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Through yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a, a a tort of inducement. So yeah. Right. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Um. And so finally, once once an employer has um, they've chosen their candidate, um, what do what do they need to be thinking about in relation to documenting the terms for that for that employment? Yeah, so so also from from experience working with uh, UK companies, um, we don't use the, the the we don't use offer letters in Sweden. So we the risk with using an offer letter uh, follow it, being followed by an employment agreement is that the offer letter in itself is seen as the employment agreement. So if, it, if there's uh, restrictions in the actual employment agreement that, that the employee not necessarily is so keen on signing, he or she could claim uh, if we would disregard the practical difficulty to then start to have a relationship after that, but, but legally at least, the employee could say that I don't want to sign the employment agreement. I already have an employment agreement, which is uh, the offer letter. So we would uh, not recommend using an offer letter for a Swedish employee unless it's sort of a, a let, uh, uh, an email or a formal document saying that or sort of an informal document just specifying that these are the main terms we discussed on our phone call, which we would like to offer you an employment and specifying really clearly that, that um, an employment agreement will be the actual uh, entering into the employment agreement. Um, so by saying that, a written, written employment agreement is recommended and uh, that it's very clear on the type of employment that is uh, entered into. So if nothing is stated, uh, it will be seen as an indefinite term employment. So if there's a fixed term employment agreed, that should really be uh, specified clearly. 
and and of course any other key terms or employment terms would be includes, included in or is recommended to be included in the employment agreement. That all makes sense. That's been really helpful. Um, so thank you for that. Um, that concludes our um, start of employment podcast. Um, and so please join us in the next podcast when we'll be covering the end of employment.